Welcome to Changemaker Chat, a special edition podcast honoring Nazareth University's centennial celebration, featuring engaging conversations with notable individuals who've changed and continue to change their industry, their community, and the world for the better, inspired by their personal connection to Nazareth. In the year prior to and after the 100th anniversary of its founding in 1924, Nazareth University is marking a century of uniting education and action and envisioning its next hundred years. The centennial celebration is presented by Wellington Steel and Associates and the Leva family. And now here's the host of the Changemaker Chat, Dr. Beth Paul, president of Nazareth University. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Changemaker Chat. This is a special podcast produced in honor of Nazareth University's centennial. I am Dr. Beth Paul, president of Nazareth University, and I warmly welcome everyone listening today. The inspiration for the Changemaker Chat podcast series comes from the powerful story of our founding and how this story has endured and grown over the last century and soon into our next century. The magic started 100 years ago in 1924 when several members of the Sisters of St. Joseph in Rochester were charged with starting an institution of higher education. These five changemakers focused on educating a segment of our society that had few opportunities for becoming the leaders a changing society needed. To start, Nazareth offered a quality education to women in a wide range of liberal arts and sciences degree programs, equipping them with the knowledge, skills, and values needed to become leaders of social progress. The story of our founding was the original example of what it means to be a changemaker. That big bang moment in 1924 not only started the university we love, but gave it its enduring DNA a foundation of pushing the envelope for social progress and social justice, change for the better, often in the face of opposition. Since 1924, our students, faculty and staff and alumni have time and time again emerged as change makers, just like the founding sisters. Today, Nazareth's changemaker education has inspired the life's work of tens of thousands of alumni around the world, people who choose to work for progress and collective good. There are so many incredible changemaker stories to tell regarding Nazareth alumni, faculty, staff, students, friends of Nazareth. So this podcast series will take that quintessential Nazareth changemaker DNA and we'll dive further into what it means as exemplified by a wonderful array of intriguing and insightful individuals with whom we will have the honor of speaking. So today, it is a joy to inaugurate the Changemaker Chat podcast series with John Drain, a member of Nazareth's class of 1983 and a fascinating changemaker leader. John is the chief financial officer of Hearst Television Incorporated, located in New York City, a role he has held since 2016. From 2010 until 2015, John served as senior vice president of finance at Hearst. Prior to joining Hearst, he served as Chief Operating Officer for Ultimark Products and Senior Vice President of Finance and Administration for Comcast Spotlight, a division of Comcast Cable Communications. A certified public accountant, John Drain gained extensive experience in media and broadcasting while serving in senior executive financial positions with USANET, Sporting News Radio Network, New World Television, and Hughes Broadcasting Partners. 
John holds an MBA in managerial accounting from Pace University and a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Accounting from Nazareth University. He received the School of Management's Distinguished Alumni Award in 2012, and he and his wife, Dina Burdick-Drain, a member of Nazareth's class of 1984, reside in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. John is also the chair of our board of trustees and is, for me, truly a highly valued colleague and friend. And so I am very, very pleased, John, to welcome you to the Changemaker Chat. Well, it's great to be here, Beth, and thank you for uh, having me join you. Well, it's been a wild few years that we've been working together, and I can't think of uh, a more appropriate person to talk with about that time. Uh, one of the things I've come to appreciate over the last few years is that a change maker is a many splendored thing. There are all different ways that we need to be change makers. I've learned that sometimes, you know, it requires initiating and creating change. Uh, often it is against a world that really does prefer the status quo. Uh, sometimes it means navigating through the different curveballs that you and I know have been uh, lobbed at us in various ways over the last few years. It's it's really it's remarkable to to reflect on this, and I can imagine for you in a field that has just been changing so significantly um, that as a change maker leader, honestly, it's been a fascinating playground for you in many ways. So talk a little bit about how you have seen that industry change. Uh, what what are you observing? Yeah, I mean, local broadcasting or just media in general has changed significantly in the last 30 years. I, I really started my media journey uh, locally in Rochester at WOKR-TV, mm. which is now a WHAM. Um, you know, and so for local broadcasting, at the end of the day, the core of the mission stabilizes the the business. The business has changed dramatically, and certainly the delivery platforms have changed. But at the core of local broadcasting, it's serving the communities in which they um, reside. Mm -hmm. And so, and as a part of that core is journalism. The, the most important part is journalism. And, and journalism is key for us here at Hearst Television. And I mean, if you look at what's what's happened again over the 30 years of my career, um, you know, most, you had probably four to five networks, television right. broadcast networks. Now you have hundreds of networks, both mm -hmm. in terms of cable networks and then streaming outlets and other ways of delivering video to the home. And from, from a viewer standpoint, the viewers have changed dramatically as well and what they expect, particularly from our news. And so, you know, I think there's a there's a special bond between a local television station and the community. And I think, you know, that'll uh, that's kept its core um, foundation um, standing tall. Right. And, um, you know, I, I, I think about the business and you think about um, just looking back and broadcasting, you know, yes. Single TVs in the household, a lot of them rabbit ears over over the air. Oh uh, yes, distribution, and and now you have iPhones, you have iPads, you have different ways of uh, of delivering video, and the world's gotten really complicated. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I but I do think the reason why broadcast still stands tall is the core mission of serving the communities in which they operate and mm-hmm. and informing um, the community, informing the viewers. And I think they're a trusted source of information for the viewers. And so in a world of a lot of different forms of information, local broadcasts provides that that trusted source. That's really interesting. And I have to say, I can hear the Nazareth alum in you. I can I can hear the Nazareth values in you. I hear a lot of that today. <laughs> oh, it's really wonderful. You know, I think of the sisters and their phrase, serving neighbor to neighbor without yep. distinction. And that's really what you're talking about. You're talking about, you know, journalism as the role to create and reaffirm community for neighbors. And that's really powerful. And I mean, certainly just in the last few years of of our lives, um, you know, with as much as communication has become near ubiquitous, we're certainly communicating less well. So in many ways, it's just more important than ever that we somehow figure out how to keep this going. So I, I can only imagine, you know, with the major changes, just major changes over the last 30 years, that in terms of the business of the television industry, that's also shifted tremendously. So talk a little bit about your leadership. How have you navigated that very significant change? How has Hearst navigated that very significant change? You know, I think my career has been blessed with being um, an executive at some of the top media companies, not just local broadcast, but television. I was in radio for a while, so I Mm. learned the radio business. So I I think managing change, you have to find, um, and I'm going to repeat myself a lot on this, but you have to find the core mission. What's the core mission of the organization? And if you find that core mission and you stick to it, in terms of you know what your standards are, mm-hmm. I think that that helps uh, be helps make you a good change maker. Right. You're, you're asking people to change, but you're also asking them to hold on to the core mission, and and that core mission is going to evolve. Right. And, and as the mission evolves, people will evolve. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been in situations where we've had to evolve a business dramatically. And, um, you know, I think, again, if you hold on to the core mission, the core mission will will guide you. Um, and, you know, in a lot of cases, we've had to make very difficult decisions, but we've kept the business growing and, and pro- prospering, not only for, in, in my case, the viewers, but also for the employees. Right. It's so true. And you know that I feel very deeply that way about Nazareth and the importance of this mission. And it sounds like in in both of our instances that uh, we're really fortunate to have a mission that has endured the test of time. You know, humanity hasn't changed. As humans, we still need each other. We still need community. We still need that person-to-person connection. And I think in so many ways, that's what we're talking about but obviously the business aspects have changed dramatically and helping people to find the next iteration of that. I'm thinking, for example, right now of all of the ways that AI is changing how we're doing business. And you know the, the fear that people bring to that of what am I going to lose 
but ah, the excitement of what am I going to gain? Yeah, I mean, uh, the AI and the uh, chat GBT, um, it's amazing technology. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's going to change the way that people consume information. Right. There's just no doubt. It. Um, and, you know, how do you use that effectively, though? Mm -hmm. I mean, it can be used for, for uh, a lot of disinformation, but that also can be used um, to grow a business. To, to grow skill sets, to inform. And it's, it's you know, it's evolving technology. The end of the fourth quarter of last year to where it is today with the fourth iteration of the uh, GBT, it's it's amazing what's happening and the speed of which it's going at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's fear with that too. Right, right. Will this upend um, how I do my job and then right. how can I adjust to that? And so I think, you know, what we're trying to do here is really let people experience the technology, let them right. learn about the technology um, and embrace it. And then in a lot of ways, let them figure out how they can use it to better their own job, their own situation and them and themselves. Right. And I think if you do that, it's less scary to people. Yes. I think that's really true. You know, I think, you know, going back to that neighbor to neighbor without distinction, I, I think one of the things that we do have to be wary about with AI, and I I live this personally in terms of my own uh, consumption of media, I can see how the algorithms are steering me towards certain stories. Mm -hmm. And I actually try to game the system because I really want to be exposed to a wide variety of views and, and a wide variety of perspectives. And of course, good journalism, you know, engages you in a wide variety of perspectives. So I think about that a lot and the the marriage between, you know, what you're doing with broadcasting and what we're trying to do in terms of, you know, teaching critical thinking skills, um, that is just more important than ever. We have to be, you know, powerful consumers too. Yeah, it's really interesting. We I saw a demo uh, about a month ago or so with um, a company that, um, their anchors, their news anchors, were all animated. They're, mm. you know, through uh, the technology that's there. And mm. there's a lot of interesting things about that. I mean, you could do a newscast in English, and then you could do it in German, then you could do it um, in Spanish. And, right. But I think what struck me more than anything, I, you know, I, the technology is very interesting. Do people want to lose that that? human experience right you know when when you turn on the television in broadcast and there's anchors there and weathermen and, mm -hmm. and whoever there's there's a human experience there mm -hmm. will that change mm -hmm. you know and and will people accept that and is and is there something lost if that happens right you know and right. those are the things that i think about yeah well, it's heartening to know that that those values have have uh, continued to drive you in your career. You know, thinking back on your time at Nazareth and uh, you know the the kinds of of lessons, the kinds of learning that maybe didn't hit you then, but maybe do now. Uh, reflect for me. You know, it's something I hear often from alumni all across the board. Um, the the powerful ways some of their learning experiences have stayed with them. So 
share share some of your reflections. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about my personal story is, you know, I went to a high school where I was one of 800 in the graduating class. Yeah. I had a great experience in high school. Um, I had a lot of good friends, but it was easy to get lost. Mm-hmm. I mean, really easy to get lost. And so when I did my search for colleges at the time, I really wanted to find a place where I could be part of a community. Right. Um, and and that's what I found in Nazareth. And, you know, I think, you know, back on that time, I, I started working at the Arts Center. I worked at the Arts Center all four years. Hmm. I got a I got a lot of um, um, responsibilities uh, that were a- added to me to manage at the Arts Center, and I learned a lot. Um, and so I really grew as a leader. And, you know, I think about at the time, you know, the Arts Center was doing a lot of um, external uh, acts that were coming to the Arts Center that you had to interact with the the people, interact with, in some cases, uh, celebrities and, and right. things like that. And I learned a lot from that. That's I learned great. a lot from that. And mm-hmm. I, I think back one of, shouldn't say one of my highlights because it had so many highlights at Nazareth, but, you know, I, I did a, the lighting for a B.B. King concert. Oh, B. wow. King, he handed me a hundred dollar bill. Wow. At the end of the concert. Huh. And I wish I had that hundred dollar bill today. Yeah. I needed it back then, but, <laughs> um, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I think about that. The standards were really high mm-hmm. standards. And I, I think that those standards uh, helped me as I went out in my career that I wanted to be part of institutions that had high standards. And and, and as I look at the, the, where I've worked and in part of my career, all those all those companies or places have had very high standards and high expectations. And they've also allowed you to grow. Mm-hmm. And I think in Nazareth, there was an expectation that you could challenge yourself. And then sometimes you would fail, but there would be somebody there to, to help you uh, rebound. And so I, I think there was so much I took away from Nazareth around the academic programs and then also just the community and the friends. I've got lifelong friends from Nazareth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I really felt like I was part of a community. I love that. You're right. I really hear Nazareth in you. It it really is a beautiful thing. It's a, you know, this close knit community, um, the attention to every individual student, the appreciation of every individual student for all that they bring, um, the the ways that students are engaged in in real world experiential learning. I I can so relate to what you're saying. I was just talking with some students in the art center the other day, and they were um, just one was a first year student and she was so excited that she was involved in so many aspects of the performances that were happening there. She would never have had that experience, especially as a first year student, she would never have had that experience anywhere else. And I like what you're pulling out because I now, as I reflect on that conversation, she was also saying, I really like that I am given this high expectation. There's a lot expected of me. I'm being given a lot of responsibility as a first year student and imagine what that brings from someone, you know? So I love that. And it's, um, of course, very, very true of our Sisters of St. Joseph founders, you know, starting a college from scratch, I don't think was very easy. 
Um, but they did it right from the beginning with a with a great sense of uh, quality for this education. You know, this was not going to be a light education. This was going to be a very high quality education where much was expected of each student because as a change maker leader, much is expected of you to, you know, help make progress real. And that's what I hear from you. So it's it's really, it's exciting to hear those stories. Yeah, I mean, the standard, the, you know, Sisters St. Joseph's certainly set the standards high and that is endured. That's mm-hmm. endured for the hundred year, years that uh, the institution has stood tall. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a credit to to them and, the, and when they started the institution. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a, uh, as you know, I've, I've drawn a lot of inspiration from that story. It, it is very meaningful um, today as we look on to our next century. So I, I've been fascinated to learn through you about the broadcasting industry, and it, it has really been striking to me to use that as a lens to how significantly our society has changed and what that has required of changemaker leaders. You and I have also had a lot of conversations about Nazareth. And of course, we both know and love Nazareth College, and we both now know and love Nazareth University. Right. You you serve as chair of the board of trustees. So I'd love to have you think with me a little bit about um, the the change we've seen at the institution. And as we now position ourselves for our next century, um, what what do you see? Yeah, I mean... You know, it's uh, the world is changing quickly. Um, Nazareth will will have to change um, as well. The delivery of how we educate our students will change. Um, the technology that we use will change. But if you look back on our hundred years, look looks what's happened in the last hundred years to where we are today, right. and we're still standing tall. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, you know, look at uh, how the PT program was was uh, evolved over a period of time. You know, uh, the medical the focus on medical programs right. that's come, and we've adjusted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've adjusted and we've succeeded. So, mm-hmm. and you talk about the Nazareth DNA. I mean, that's part of our DNA. That's part of the gift that the Sisters of Saint Joseph's gave us that we can change over time. I mean, you know, predicting what's going to happen in a hundred years is really difficult to do, <laughs> but it, but I do think if we stand tall to our mission and we let our mission guide us, which is to educate our students uh, for their life's work and make them um, ready to serve in their communities and be m- meaningful contributors. I mean, if that's our core and that's our mission, I think we can we can find the ways to adjust around technology, to find a way to adjust around the changing students. The students that'll be, be um, coming to us in ten years are going to be different than the students are today, given that right. the amount of technology that they're they're facing. I think about my ten year old grandson and the technology he uses in fourth grade class, and right. what are those expectations going to be when? when um when he goes to college and uh, um so I, I i think again you come back to the core mission of the institution and if we we stick to our core values we should be able to navigate the future 
I certainly agree. You know, I go back to the sisters talking about um, four hour times, right? That was another phrase that they used a lot mm -hmm. is being very real, be being very centered in reality and, and the times that we're in, but also the times that we're emerging into. And that's been hard in some of these fields. You know, I, in many ways, I, I think for broadcasting, I think for higher education, it's been hard sometimes to... Um, you know, to to be impacted so much by the changes of our times, but to endure through them, it takes courage. It takes courage to do that as a community, but it also takes the conviction of a really important mission. And I think that's certainly something that we have. Uh, but I hear it in what you were saying about your experience here. I certainly feel it every day here. I'm really fortunate to be part of an institution that has our eyes wide open. Um, for ourselves as an institution, but also for the benefit of every single student who comes through here and goes out into the world to be that change maker leader. Yeah, we have to be grounded in reality. Um, but again, I, I think um, and 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 always adjust ourselves to what that reality is. But but again, we have to be foundational in terms of what our what our foundation and what our DNA is. And you know, I I. I feel strongly that this institution will continue to evolve. Thank you. As do I, and very much look forward to working on that with you. So John, I thank you so much. Uh, it's really been an honor and a privilege to spend some time with you today and to share your insights about the field in which your life's work has taken place over these last several decades and also about Nazareth University. I certainly look forward to our continuing work together, and I thank everyone who is listening today to this podcast for your interest in Nazareth University, our centennial, and the changemakers that this amazing institution educates and launches every year. I see it day in and day out. There is such abundant reason for hope. So thank you so much for listening today. I'll look forward to our next Changemaker chat. Until then, have a wonderful day.